At ASDefense.com, we were already selling the best knife brands in the world when law enforcement approached us about making them a knife. And so, the ASD Centurion was born. Centurion is made of tough D2 tool steel, has a full plane edge, and fully serrated spine. It's like having two knives in one. Centurion also has a gut hook, skull crusher, and storage inside the handle. Get your ASD Centurion today at ASDefense.com. That's ASDefense.com. This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. Welcome to the program. I want to thank our sponsor, Second Amendment Arms and Range. Once again, you get 50% off, 50 50% off your range time. If you mention me when you go to Second Amendment Arms and and in range okay you can also go to secondamendmentarms.net that's their website learn more about them get their address all of that fun stuff and again just let them know that i sent you for all those great discounts uh casey this is a text that i got does anyone buying legal marijuana are they concerned that this may be a reason to deny approval to purchase a gun all of this is still illegal as far as the federal law is concerned um no so Here's the thing. In Michigan, if you got a medical marijuana license, you lost your concealed carry license or permit. I don't know which one Michigan calls it. Um, so now a lot of people who wanted to be able to maintain their Second Amendment rights while also partaking for whatever reason in the, the uh, marijuana, if you will, they now don't have to worry about that. Now, there are still those who still want to process all of this through their insurance, and they're going to go about it that way. But um, as far as, you know, you don't, take a, you don't take a drug test or anything like that. So, But again, your employer is still an issue. Um, so your job, you have to make sure that your job is okay with doing this. And I'm sure that if you're in Michigan, they are announcing their policies to everybody who works there if they're doing what they should be doing. So that way there won't be any confusion. But no, it, it shouldn't be an issue uh, with recreational use and uh, being able to purchase a firearm. Okay, uh, Mary Gingerbread House. Got my first Mary Gingerbread House. Mary Gingerbread House to you too as well. Of course, every year we say Mary Gingerbread House on the program to poke fun at everybody. All right, 574-25-95-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. How dumb is MSNBC? Hmm. That's a loaded question, okay? MSNBC, see, I almost joked about this, rewind, on Wednesday. On Wednesday, I talked about the Navy Secretary, Richard Spencer, of course, he's being ousted, okay? And I almost jokingly said, and I don't know why I didn't, I came close, jokingly said, not the white supremacist, but the Navy secretary. And I didn't. 
Okay? I didn't. Why? Because I'm like, there's going to be one idiot online who makes that joke, but nobody is going to going to be confused about who they are. Okay? Except MSNBC was, because, well, they're MSNBC. On Sunday's broadcast of MSNBC's AM Joy, while covering former Navy Secretary Richard Spencer's ouster, a graphic included a photo of a white supremacist, Richard Spencer, former lifelong liberal Democrat, suddenly magically, automagically, a, uh, a right-winger nationalist. Miraculously, how that, uh, how that has happened, right? Before going to break, host Joy Reid quickly issued a correction by saying, I want to make a quick correction. This is a pretty big correction. Earlier in the segment, as we were talking about former Navy Secretary Richard Spencer, we mistakenly showed the wrong image of white supremacist Richard Spencer. Very deeply sorry for that mistake. How does that even happen? I mean, I assume at some point in time, you just, I, I mean, by the way, the jokes on the uh, the article about all white people looking alike are, are also funny. But the the idea that you would mistake a very young guy for the Secretary of the Navy, now former Secretary of the Navy, is preposterous. But I, I, don't, I don't know how it happens. I, I'm perpetually, I guess, not surprised, just continually... I don't know, perplexed by it, I guess, that they keep making these mistakes over and over and over again. And then you have this other story here, which is um, making people really upset, which also comes out of Michigan. But this is an interesting story. We talked about it. And now, of course, it has continued uh, to happen. So this Michigan uh, University, okay, which is not a real university, Michigan University, um, and what they did is they went ahead and they arrested a bunch of illegal aliens. Okay, because this is a fake university. It's a sting operation. So ICE used a fake university to weed out student visa fraud. The students say that they were duped. Okay, so hundreds of students were arrested for violations of their visas. Undercover U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents have been operating a fake university designed to lure in immigrants seeking to obtain student visas fraudulently. But the students are claiming that they are the ones who have been deceived. Okay, just because you want to go to a real school and you you want to somehow be able to do that doesn't allow you any sort of rights to go out there and commit visa fraud, which is the whole point of all of this. They set up this fake university, which for the record, everybody who's getting all butthurt about this, Obama created the program. I know. Here we go again. Another example of something that evil orange uh, orange man Trump is doing that actually was created by the Obama administration. So the Obama administration has done this two or three other times where they have these fake universities and then students who would not be able to get a real visa attend or try to attend this by committing visa fraud and the authorities capture the ring of fraud. That's that's how it goes. So ICE has arrested about 250 students at the University of Farmington in Farmington Hills. Now, this is in Michigan, of course, for violating the terms of their visas, which mandate that they be enrolled full time at a federally federally accredited education institution while they complete their studies. Uh, University of Farmington, which ICE agents opened in 2015 to weed out fraudsters, did not qualify because it wasn't a real educational institution. 
Although ICE advertised the university as offering graduate STEM courses, it did not have any teachers, curriculum, classes, or other educational activities. Its primary selling point, prosecutors say, is a ticket to an F-1 student visa at the cost of $2,500 per quarter for graduate programs plus an average $1,000 per month in fees. Now, students on F-1 visas can remain in the U.S. legally while they complete their studies and travel freely outside of the country. After graduation, those students are eligible to apply for an H-1B skilled worker visa if an American employer offers them a job in certain fields. Of course, the H-1 program is getting rehashed, and Trump actually loses a lot of conservatives on what he wants to do with the H-1B program. President Trump administration has attempted to crack down on various forms of visa fraud, and student visas are no exception. To identify fraudsters, the administration has employed a strategy that immigration authorities have been using since well before Trump's time in office, creating fake universities as a kind of sting operation. Now, I want you to understand something. This is in Vox, not Fox, Vox, V-O-X, a very liberal publication. And they didn't bury it too far down in the article. One, two, three, four, five. Fifth paragraph down. So it's slightly out the outside of the average of what the average American will read, which is the headlining up to the first three paragraphs. But generally five to seven paragraphs deep is where you're going to find it most of the time around seven is where you're going to find the real story. They put it in paragraph five. Uh, President Donald Trump's administration has attempted to crack down on various forms of visa fraud, and student visas are no exception. So again, this type of operation predates his administration, okay? And nobody pitched a fit about this. Now, you got a bunch of people out there going, this is what a tyranny looks like. Okay, um, Obama did it, none of you cared. Some of you still want him back in office. Some of you want his wife to run for office. In 2016, another fake university, the University of Northern New Jersey, captured headlines after authorities revoked the visas of more than 1,000 students and indicated 21 middlemen who had helped recruit them. But at that time, when ICE is facing increased scrutiny and some haven't even called to abolish the agency entirely, the news of this latest fake university sparked outrage. Yeah. Now, it's only an issue because everybody is just doing what they can to try and get rid of Trump. 2016 was the last time we had one of these things. So now we're in 2019. Okay. Catch the difference there? Whether the fake universities have actually been effective in weeding out fraud, however, is up for debate. Attorneys for the students affected say that these operations are entrapment uh, designed to trick unknowing international students into paying thousands of dollars to a university while having no way of knowing that their actions are illegal. It's also not immediately clear how ICE has been using what could amount to millions of dollars in tuition and fees that students paid to the university. Um, So that's Vox, okay? But it's important for you to understand that this has been going on since, you know, the Obama administration, I believe that they were the first administration to really start doing these sting operations, but it's designed to root out fraud, and apparently it's pretty darned effective in at least capturing it. Now, whether they're making a dent in the national fraud rate remains to be seen. Um, but the students are, of course, saying, well, I thought it was a real university, therefore I'm not committing fraud. And ICE begs to differ, all right? But uh, we'll, we'll ultimately see how this shakes out in court. But you got a bunch of people really upset about this when, in fact, this has been around and is a program from the previous administration, and Trump has just continued the policy. We have more coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574 
That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. You want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Okay. Um, yes, I do. I totally. Okay. So somebody sent me a thing and said, hey, what do, where do I follow you on Twitter? Because I am back on Twitter now. Okay. Again, yes, I was banned. Yes, that really happened. Yes, I had, did have to start over brand new, uh, but I am on Twitter again. Okay. So the new profile is at Real KCH. So at Real KCH. I can't do my name. My name is too long. So at Real KCH on Twitter. And we are asking desperately to get my audience, if you have a Twitter profile, to go and follow me, please. We're trying to build up the numbers that we have before. I mean, I've had as much as 25,000 followers. Facebook would take several thousand away. And it was a routine thing. Um, I think I had, I don't know, like 8,000 or something like that when my last one went offline. And what I need to do as we're going through the verification process is get my numbers back up, and hopefully that should help with Twitter verifying me through the uh, the company. So if you can go to twitter.com at realkch, I would appreci- I appreciate it. Appreciate it. I would appreciate it, and then we can get my numbers back up there, and hopefully that will help with the verification process, which has started. All right, 574-2595-953. That is 2595 Nine five three. You can also send a text message to four five three six four. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. All right. Um, what do we have here? A whole host of other things going on. There's a lot of little stories, and then obviously when you take a couple of days off, you get a you get a bunch of that. Um, and some of it I don't necessarily want to get into unless I absolutely need to. Um, but then you've got the, okay, the terrorist thing in London. So I assume that most people follow the terrorist thing in London. So there was a, a terrorist stabber once again, and, uh, shocking. This guy was a raging Protestant and he, what did he, he was, okay. He was subdued by civilians. He was then shot dead by police on London bridge on Friday. Now here's the thing about this guy. He was previously imprisoned for being a terrorist, and they let him out. They let him out early. So you have a terrorist. You're in the U.K. You have a terrorist. And by the way, the U.K. can disappear you for all sorts of terroristic stuff, right, that that you can't be disappeared for in the United States. So he followed Islamists. He was, okay, he was a fellow Islamist, a part of a group that actually admired Hitler, they downplayed the Holocaust, and which is why it's not getting a lot of play here in the United States, because, you know, why bother? At the time of Friday's attack, Pakistan native Usman Khan, 28, had been free for a year after serving just half of a 16-year sentence for plotting to kill eight, plotting with eight others in 2010 to bomb London landmarks uh, as the Stock Exchange, the American Embassy, Westminster... Uh, and uh, some others, okay? So, in 2010, this guy was actually caught plotting to do terrorist bombings all over London. He is sentenced to 16 years, which seems like a pretty light sentence for a terrorist who is just trying to kill thousands of people. He serves half of it, okay? They let him out 
less than a year later, the guy goes on a stabbing spree in London. He was still wearing an electronic monitoring bracelet when he went berserk with two long knives after speaking about his own rehabilitation during the Cambridge University-sponsored criminal justice conference in London, killing two and injuring three. This guy was actually a panelist. He was a panelist on criminal justice reform. Back in 2010, he and his fellow Al-Qaeda-inspired jihadist fundraised and recruited for a terror camp con at 19, the youngest in the group, hoped to build on his family's land in Kashmir. The camp would be disguised as a legitimate Muslim school, sound familiar, but its graduates would return to the UK as highly trained terrorists who would commit deadly attacks according to court proceedings, okay? Investigators bugged the extremist group, heard members talking favorably about Hitler, who they called an ally of Islam because he understood the Jews were dangerous. The group members also claimed that fewer than 100,000 Jews died in the Holocaust, and the group plotted to set off a pipe bomb in the London Stock Exchange. We're also targeting the U.S. Embassy and the home of the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, then London's mayor. Okay, So that all happened in 2010. So he gets 16 years. He serves half of it. They let him out. A year later, he's, he's doing terrorist stuff again. Now, here's where things get even more interesting. Six of the eight terrorist plotters who were jailed along with him have also been freed from prison. Okay. This is why Brexit happened. This type of stuff. Okay. Not just this, but this type of stuff is a big part of it. And again, we were over in Ireland at the time that Brexit was getting going. It was obviously before the vote, but, you know, they were having the debate. And this is, we heard from, from uh, people in the U.K., you know, mostly obviously on the Ireland side. But um, we heard a lot about this when we were there. And this is the type of thing that we heard over and over and over again. So the nine jihadists were members of an Al-Qaeda-inspired cell which plotted to blow up London Stock Exchange, kill Boris Johnson. One is still in prison. Another is convicted of a further terrorist plot. And Khan is now dead, leaving six back out on the streets. Three of the nine, Khan, Mohammed, Shah Jahan, and Nizam Hussein, were initially handed indefinite prison terms, but the trio won an appeal in 2013, which changed them to fixed sentences. So they were originally sentenced to uh, life in prison. And then three years later, in 2013, they appealed that, they got 16-year sentences, and now they're out, half, serving half the time. So they went from literally life in prison to just serving a few years. And then, of course, we have, have you know, another terrorist plot. Um, one, of the, one of the civilians actually used a narwhal horn as his weapon to uh, fight this guy off. Allowing their appeal, former press inquiry chair Lord Justice Levinson found they had been wrongly characterized as more dangerous than others. Khan was released in December of 2018 after serving half of his fixed sentence, and the other two have also been freed. So there's now a bunch more terrorists from this guy's terrorist cell who used to have life prison sentences, but some judge decided that they were unfairly marked as being more dangerous than other people. Yeah, um, jihadists tend to be a little bit more dangerous than most other people. And now we've got one of them that's committed another terrorist attack, and you have to wonder if the others are going to do that as well. We have more coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel.
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. Got to talk to you about all natural CBD. Okay. Uh, So my mom just went home today. And she not only got a bottle of CBD that I have to ship to her because you can't travel with it yet. Not only did she get a bottle for herself when she was here, um, she's now asked to get several additional bottles to give out as gifts. It works so well. So I was able to tell her about the new holiday plan that is happening there. So if you are looking for a CBD lotion that works, you're going to get the highest quality CBD available. You're going to get a larger amount for a smaller price, okay, than what you can get with the competition with all-natural CBD. Now, this stuff, 250 milligrams or 500 milligrams, it comes in lavender or unscented, okay? I recommend just going with the 500 milligrams, but they have a three-pack for the holiday season, which saves you quite a bit of money. So you can get a three-pack for as little as $39.99 if you get the 250. Okay, so if you get the 500 milligram, it is $49.99. So instead of it being 60 bucks, it's only 50 bucks. And so you're saving quite a bit. So if you go to allnaturalcbd.org, and of course, uh, use coupon code KC10, you can go and save some money uh, by doing it that way. If you want to buy an individual bottle, you can do that. Also, check out the bath bombs, which are a limited run. These are CBD bath bombs, which again, work to help... Um, Help those sore muscles, just help you relax, that sort of thing. And it's 70 milligrams of full-spectrum CBD in the bath bombs, okay? Allnaturalcbd.org. Use coupon code KC10 or use that same coupon code at any local eSigWorks location. All right, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. So the president, the president made a surprise trip to the Middle East. And he went to Afghanistan to visit the troops. Now, nobody knew that he was doing this, okay? So why is it that a reporter, Jessica Kwong at Newsweek, tweeted out that President Trump was spending Thanksgiving tweeting, golfing, and more? Okay, her original tweet was, how is Trump spending Thanksgiving? Tweeting, golfing, and more. Except he didn't. He flew to Afghanistan to surprise the troops. Now, you don't have to be a uh, half halfwit to understand why you don't tell everybody that the president of the United States is going to Afghanistan to visit the troops in theater. So that's always going to be secret. It's always a surprise visit. It's never really announced. So anyway, she tweeted that out. Okay, I don't know why she tweeted it out, and then I don't know why she wrote an entire article about it. They're, they're really... <laughs> they're really... There's no... There's no rhyme or reason, okay? So the original headline, how did Trump spend Thanksgiving? Tweeting, golfing, and surprising U.S. troops in Afghanistan. They added that last part. It was just tweeting and golfing. So they've had to update all of that as a result of her writing this whole article about how he was just going to be tweeting and golfing and you know, horsing around and not really doing anything important, as if the president of the United States wouldn't be allowed to just enjoy a Thanksgiving with his family, which, of course, he should be allowed to do. But she wrote an entire article about this. Now, none of it was true. So when she found out 
that he was actually going to Afghanistan. Now she tweets this out. Trump headed to Afghanistan to surprise U.S. troops on Thanksgiving. Deleting this tweet because it was written before knowing about the president's surprise visit to Afghanistan. An honest mistake. Story has already been updated as shown in the screenshot. Okay. So you told everybody that you wrote an article about the president just golfing and tweeting on Thanksgiving. And then when you found out that he visited the troops, your correction was, I wrote an entire article attacking the president for tweeting and golfing over Thanksgiving. And I didn't know what he was going to do. Cause she didn't have, she didn't have anything. So this is of course led many people to go, well, why on earth would you write an article if you then admit in your correction that you didn't know what he was going to do. So you just fabricated this out of thin air. Well, she's been fired. Newsweek fired her. The president actually tweeted out. He's like, I thought Newsweek was out of business. Um, so he's, he's kind of had some fun with this as well. Newsweek fired a reporter who wrote an article saying that President Donald Trump would likely be tweeting and golfing on Thanksgiving, according to a statement. Jessica Kwong, a former Newsweek political reporter covering the Trump administration. Don't worry, she'll get a job at CNN here soon. Um, originally titled, How is Trump Spending Thanksgiving? Tweeting, golfing, and more on Thursday. The article was published at 10.16 a.m., a few hours before news broke that the president was actually in Afghanistan visiting troops. The outlet fired Kwong after the mishap. A spokesperson confirmed all of this to the Daily Caller News Foundation on Friday evening. Newsweek investigated the failures that led to the publication of the inaccurate report that President Trump spent Thanksgiving tweeting and golfing rather than visiting troops in Afghanistan. Uh, The story has been corrected and a journalist responsible has been terminated. We will continue to review our processes and, if required, take further action. For the record, this is like the least egregious mistake or lie that a member of the press has probably made about the president, and yet they all get to keep their jobs and this young lady's fired. Okay, Um, And I'm not saying that she shouldn't be fired. She made it up. I'm just saying it's interesting with all of the additional things that are far more egregious that have been made up about him. Those people get their jobs completely protected. It is not clear if the editor who helped with the article faced or will face any punishment. Reporters who traveled with the president were allowed to break the news around 2 p.m., according to CNN. After Trump visited Afghanistan, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted calling out Newsweek for the article. The president retweeted his son. Trump has concealed his trip uh, to many. um, Trump had concealed his trip to many, even White House staff and military personnel who were at Mar-a-Lago in Florida where the president has spent past holidays, according to CNN. Kwong cited his past uh, his past years there in her original article. So she's basically saying, because he's gone there previously, that's where he's going this year, and she just pre-published something, I don't know, to probably beat her deadline so she'd go sit down and have Thanksgiving dinner with her own family. But now, of course, she is out of a job for fabricating a story out of thin air. But, again, she doesn't get to just publish to CNN. I would like to remind everybody, oh, excuse me, Newsweek, I'd like to remind everybody that there's editors in place here. And editors are supposed to go over this stuff and say, well, what's your information for this? It's not on his schedule. And if her information was, well, that's what he's done the past couple of years, and they let that slide, the editor should be fired as well. We have more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. You heard earlier on the Fox News report that there was a, a shooting at a high school in Wisconsin. Now, what, of course, gets buried in these things anytime you don't have a bunch of dead children is what actually caused it to stop. And if there's a bunch of dead kids, naturally, the, uh, the anti-gun activists, they will go out there, they will do everything they can to stand on the graves of the dead, they will use them as pawns in an effort to go ahead and get their political agenda passed. And it's a pretty twisted, sick sort of thing to do. But they do it on a regular basis. It's predictable. You always know what they're going to say. They go, they get another week or two of attention out of it. And then as the new polls are done after that uh, initial emotional period is done with, people start coming back to their senses and oppose what these radicals are actually out there proposing. So a Wisconsin high school student who police say pointed a gun at a school resource officer and ignored an order to hand over the weapon was shot by the officer inside the school building Monday morning. Police raced to the high school located 20 miles west of Milwaukee. Soon after the incident was reported at 10.15 a.m., local authorities soon tweeted the building is safe and secure, confirmed there were no outstanding suspects. They called it an isolated incident. The incident unfolded after a student reported to school officials that a male student brought a handgun to school uh, told reporters, the uh, the police chief told reporters at a news conference later on Monday, he said that the school resource officer immediately responded to the classroom, tried to secure the classroom by getting other students to safety. Officers from the police department and the sheriff's office responded to the scene and then tried talking to the 17-year-old male student to de-escalate the situation. The suspect would not remove his hands from his pocket. He ignored officers. He ignored all of their commands, according to the police chief. Eventually, he said the student removed the handgun from his waistband and then pointed it at officers. Now, the school resource officer, who's an 11-year veteran of the police department, was forced to discharge his firearm, he said, and the officers immediately administered life-saving attention and evacuated students from the classroom before placing the school on lockdown. The student was transported to a hospital where the police chief said that he is in stable condition. No police officers or other students were injured in the incident. Shortly after the situation occurred, the police department tweeted the building was safe and what had happened was an isolated incident, and they confirmed that they were investigating what happened. So, uh, of course, the mayor gave thanks for the uh, the police department and everything else. This shatters the narrative that having more firearms on school campuses is a good idea, right? So um, the narrative is that it's bad. If you have more guns on campus, that's not the answer. They consistently say that over and over and over again. More guns on campus is not the answer. More guns is not the answer. Except when you have the right people armed in the right situation, it absolutely is the right answer. The FBI has has studied this to the hilt several times. You also had the Secret Service. They came out with a similar study here a couple of months ago, said basically the same thing. So you consistently have this good guy with gun, kills bad guy with gun, or neutralizes bad guy with gun. This kid's still alive. And then you have innocent people saved as a result of that over and over and over again. The people who are out there saying that there shouldn't be any more firearms on school grounds are advocating that this kid be able to open fire on anybody that he wants, and nobody's going to stop them unless, of course, they're sacrificing themselves by throwing themselves in the line of fire to tackle him. 
And luckily, we didn't have to have that happen. And also, luckily, since you know we're dealing with uh, what happened in Florida a couple of years ago, luckily, we also had a resource officer who didn't run and hide and then give responding officers bad information to stay away while the gunman roamed around the school shooting people. Now, we don't know if this particular student was actually going to target anybody or if this was just some kind of um, an isolated incident or, or what. We don't know yet. Uh, but we know is that the resource officer who was armed was on campus, responded immediately to this uh, this uh, call, if you will, based on the other student's information, and was able to take the shooter down without having to injure anybody else and without having to put themselves in serious risk simply because they were there and they were armed with a firearm. Now, again, good guys with guns are going to win these things 90% of the time, and that's exactly what happened. But now you know why it's not all over the press today, because, well, there isn't a bunch of dead kids. And the narrative that a armed police resource officer, which is a cop basically, on campus actually neutralizing a shooter, that that was a good thing and that was something that should happen and was was a, a positive occurrence, if you will, and saved the lives of who knows how many, that can't be reported. So the news is not covering it all that much today. I've seen a couple little blurbs about it, but not all that much. Most of it's been in print or online. But when it comes to the big networks, it's not wall-to-wall coverage on another school shooting. None of that. Why? Because it was stopped. And because it was stopped, nobody cares. Especially if it was stopped because the other person, the good guy, was armed with a firearm. If this had been stopped by somebody, such as the case with the teacher, was it Goshen? That teacher that got shot in the arm in Goshen, I think it was, that tackled the, the, the student shooter a year or two ago? You know That guy news because they were unarmed. But the moment you good guy has a gun and is able to level the playing field, at that point, the press wants nothing to do with it because they can't sell that story to anybody. 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. I'm going to replay the, um, the weird lap audio with Joe Biden. We'll replay that coming up and also go over some fake hate hoaxes that have happened and some other stuff here in the next hour of the program. Go to 953mnc.com to listen online.